0: Well, good evening. It's great to be here. Actually, I don't have much of an update from Brazil planned, but um, thank you very much for supporting me and helping me to go there this summer. Thank you to everyone who prayed for me or supported financially. Um, It was a great experience, and I'd love to talk to anyone about it sometime. Um, Tonight, I wanted to start by saying, maybe in in a perfect world, no one would ever have doubts about God, about His existence, or maybe about whether He really cares about us, whether He has a plan for us, whether He cares about us as individuals. Um, But so many of us have experienced that. And I wonder if you've ever wished that you could see God face to face. Sometimes I wish that I could walk with our Lord Jesus like the apostles did through a garden or by the sea have a conversation with him about the things that are most interesting or most relevant to me Um, or maybe you wish like Moses that you could see God face to face you want to see him more clearly than you already do and. Let me tie that in with something that I think a lot about being a college student. I'm around lots of people who are in relationships. Um, And I'm sure anyone here who's married or has been in a relationship would tell you that relationships take work, that relationships can be difficult sometimes. And there's a certain kind of relationship that sometimes people think is more difficult. That's a long-distance relationship, which means, okay, a guy and a girl like each other, but they live really far away. And they can't see each other very often. And that's difficult, because they want to see each other. They want to have conversations face to face. They want to be together in person. And I think sometimes we may feel like we're in this long distance kind of relationship with God. Like, he's this idea that we talk about, that we hear about, but he's so far away. He's kind of an indistinct entity that we know about, but we want to feel closer to him. We want to see him there, right in front of us. Um, and so to start out talking about this subject, I want to go to Second Kings chapter 6. Most of us will probably recognize this story from Second Kings chapter 6. Let's start with verse 15. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So these troubles come the way of this young man. Everything looks terrible for him, and he's panicking, basically. He's saying, what are we going to do? This is terrible. And... Elisha says, you know, God is bigger than these problems. Sure, he knows that God is bigger than these problems. We know on an intellectual level that God is bigger than our problems. But he can't see that God is anywhere in the situation. And then Elisha opens his eyes so he can see with his own physical eyes the spiritual truth of the matter. And I wonder if we could have that kind of a miraculous experience, which I don't think that we can tonight. But if we could, I wonder what we would see. If we could see with our physical eyes the spiritual truths that are around us. I wonder if we would see Jesus here in this audience sitting next to someone who's having a hard time, comforting someone, crying with those who are crying, or laughing with those who are laughing. See him right here with us. And I think it's a shame if... God has so much to tell us, if he has so much of his own beauty to share with us, I think it's a shame if we can't see it. If he has a message of love to us, but yet we're not hearing it. So I just want to talk tonight about opening our eyes to spiritual truths. I want his truth and his beauty to reach my soul. You know, I want to wake up in the morning and feel excited about serving God. And I want to wake up So sure of his purposes and his plans and all that that he has for his church to do and for me to do as an individual. And I want it to be just as firm as something I could see with my own eyes or at least as strong as it can be. And that's definitely um, a journey that I have a long way to go on. But it's something that I enjoyed studying in the Bible and now bringing those studies to you. Well, the Bible um, is full of this metaphor of the eyes and seeing things in a spiritual context Um, and i'm going to list off some passages really quick i'm going to turn to these the first is isaiah 44 chapter 18. we'll just hit these um, bullet styles so you can see throughout the scriptures this metaphor uh, coming up Isaiah 44:18 says they do not know nor do they understand for he has smeared over their eyes so that they cannot see and their hearts so that they cannot comprehend something is preventing them from seeing with their eyes if you turn over to the next book Jeremiah and look in chapter 5 says Jeremiah 5:21 Now hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. Two two more books over in Ezekiel chapter 12. Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse two. Son of man, you live in the midst of the rebellious house, who have eyes to see but do not see, ears to hear but do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. And I know these verses sound harsh, but I want you to know I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching at myself as well. I'm looking at this, this idea in scripture, that sometimes when there's something wrong with our eyes, it can change how we see the world. It can change our ability to perceive the truth, but it doesn't actually change the truth. And so we want to be able to see the truth more clearly. And one more passage. Uh, This one's all the way in in Matthew, in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15 verse 14 um, is, is where Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. And he says, Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. There's something that they're not seeing. So, how do we fix this problem? Wherever we are in our journey, how can we see God more clearly? Get closer to him. I don't know if I can give you the best answer in the world, but I'll do my best to show what I found in Scripture. That addresses this subject. And since we're using a metaphor here, I know at some point metaphors break down, but let's think what can prevent a person in the physical world from being able to see something? Maybe they have an actual biological problem with their eye that prevents their eye from seeing. Maybe they have something right in front of their eyes, something right in front of their eyes, like a blindfold or something. Or maybe there's something in the distance, actually, that's blocking something even further beyond that. Um, We're going to talk about these three possibilities that come from Scripture. So the first is that something is actually wrong with the eye itself. Um, Jesus gives us this exact example in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. look at Matthew chapter 6 22 and 23 the eye is the lamp of the body so then if your eye is clear your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness to me this is one of the most insightful things that Jesus says maybe it just connects especially well with me he says look this eye it's just a small organ that takes in the light all over the world but if there's a problem with the eye it will change your entire world if there's a problem with this small the small place right here you won't be able to see any of those things that are out there and sometimes maybe we have a wrong idea about the world when really there's just something a little bit wrong with our eye. Maybe, maybe our attitude. The way we get up and look at the world. What do we expect to see? Do we get up and think all day about the things that annoy us? The things that bother us? That we can't stand? Or do we intentionally focus on something better? Do we take time to focus on God? Do we intentionally look at other people as souls maybe there's something wrong with our eyes themselves and I found an example in the Bible of um, it's a psalm written by a group of men the sons of Korah Psalm 46 and to me they exemplify what it means to have a good eye Let's read Psalm 46, just verses 1 through 3. They say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. They can see that he's right there with them. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. Even if the world turns upside down, if mountains start sliding into the sea, they say, "We will not fear. We're still going to trust in God." And I know trusting in God, um, it can be very difficult, but I do believe that to some extent, we have the choice to trust in God. We have the choice just to place things in God's hand to not worry about things that we can't control and it just takes me back to that idea that that Jesus was saying if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if your outlook on the world is so negative and I I heard a preacher recently ask if we've come to believe in the power of Satan more than the power of God maybe we do believe that God can do great things, but maybe we believe even more that Satan can do bad things. Maybe we believe that God can transform lives, but maybe we believe strongly that Satan can can make a mess out of them as well. But I encourage you, believe more in the power of God than in the power of Satan over you. Believe more in the power of God over you than the power of Satan, because God is more powerful. And if we can remember that, if we can make that choice to trust in God, I think we can help improve our spiritual eyesight. That's the first thing. Maybe something is wrong with the eye itself. Secondly, maybe there's something just right in front of the eye that's blocking your vision. And Matthew 7 is where Jesus gives us this idea. The first came from Matthew 6. The next comes from Matthew 7. Let's read verses 3 through 5. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So apparently we can have difficulty evaluating other people's lives or seeing certain spiritual truths if we have these unaddressed problems in our own lives. And I think looking at the context is important here that um, one person is criticizing another when they've got something similar in their own life. And just this idea. Of, of having a log in your own eye of, it sounds to me like any kind of unaddressed sin. You know, this person, they're quick to point the finger at someone else but they seem oblivious to the fact that they have this log in their own eye. They're not thinking about it, they're not talking about it, they're not asking for help. So this isn't a message, judging by the context, this isn't a message for people who are struggling with something who are going to others for help, who are praying, who are studying, who are doing whatever it takes to get their life right, who have said, I'll do whatever God asks me. But this is the message for people who are busy pointing out other problems, they're busy worrying about other things, and they're not even addressing the fact that they've got this log in their own eye. And maybe that's been some of us at one point or another. Maybe we've had something that we really needed to address, We really needed to open up to others about this thing. We really needed to say, whatever it takes, I'll do it. But until we did that, we had a log in our own eye. So that's the second thing. Maybe there's something right in front of our eyes, something that we're not even considering, that we haven't addressed, that hasn't become a big deal to us. But maybe it should if we want to have our spiritual vision fully restored we want to restore our trust and our faith in God the way that it could be. So what about that third option? Maybe there's something out in front of us a little further away that's blocking us from seeing God. This happened to a man in Luke 19. Let's read Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 5. Luke 19 1 through 5 he entered Jericho and was passing through and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and he was rich Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd for he was small in stature so he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree in order to see him for he was about to pass through that way when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. It would have been easier for Zacchaeus to say, I'm too short and there's, there's so many people in front of me. I'm just not going to be able to see Jesus today. I'm just not going to be able to hear his teachings. There's just too much between he and I, too many distractions. But he didn't give up that easily. He climbed up into a tree in order to see Jesus. And I think we have the same options. We could say, I just have too much to do today. I have too much schoolwork. uh, I have these social life interests that I want to do. Or I have bills to pay. I have to worry about my spouse, my kids, my job. I have to change the oil. Whatever it is, I mean... So many of us here have so many responsibilities and so many distractions. Maybe we also have TV shows that we like to watch. We like hobbies that we want to do at least once a week or once every couple of weeks that we want to fit in. And by the time we do all of that we're very distracted from trying to see Jesus. So I'd recommend that like Zacchaeus in a metaphorical way we climb up into a sycamore tree. Let's get some elevation on the situation find a time and a place where you can put the other things aside where you can rise above them for a while and where you can focus on God I remember a great lesson by David Shannon I think it was a few months maybe a year ago where he talked about having mountaintop experiences and he said we live our lives in the valley we can't try to stay on the mountaintop all the time We live and work in a world that is full of distractions, that is full of difficulties, that are full of things that may warrant our concern. But there's also a time to go and to be refreshed and to be recharged. And if you notice what Zacchaeus uh, did, he climbed up in a tree. I'm presuming there was a lot of people that saw him do this. And he might have looked kind of silly for doing it. So I would encourage you not to be afraid of looking a little bit silly to some people maybe you have to pass on some event that you're going to do maybe for your at your job for your lunch hour you take out your bible and you read it one day instead of going to lunch with everyone else whatever it is for you that can give you that opportunity to climb up in a sycamore tree so to speak like zacchaeus did so those are the three examples that I found in Scripture that could tie into that real-world physical metaphor um, of seeing God, of what can prevent us from seeing Him. So just to give you a little refresher, the first was that something is wrong with our eyes. We're looking at the world in a way where we expect to see dark things. We believe in the power of Satan too strongly. Um, it's important to believe in his power, but not more than the power of God. Um, And so the first is having the attitude that sees God, that sees the opportunities there, um, that allows us to trust in God. Secondly was our unaddressed sins, the things that we don't want to think about, that we need to be addressing, before we can start pointing out things in others. And then the third was just the daily distractions, or the crowd, as as it is, that was in front of Zacchaeus. So I hope maybe those things helped a little bit. Um, And just a sort of a final word, this search for seeing God and being close to him, for most people, myself included, is probably not going to be an instant magical experience. It may be there are people whose lives change overnight, forever, and I'm just not sure if that happens to all of us, and maybe we're worrying something is wrong with me if that doesn't happen to me. Sometimes we need to be mindful about this, day in and day out. Seek God's face. Scripture is full of charges to seek God's face, to look for Him, to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And maybe I haven't done a perfect job... Of searching the scriptures of bringing out what they teach about seeing god more clearly but i know someone who can help you and i'd like to look as a final passage at luke chapter 4. let's read luke chapter 4 verse 17 through 21. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him thus handed to Jesus and he opened the book and found the place where it was written the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And yes, Jesus came to open the eyes of the physically blind, He came to heal the diseases of those who were physically sick. But He did that as a sign to point to spiritual things. And He even said at some points, you people only want signs. When will you be satisfied with the signs? He wanted them to listen to his message. And throughout the Bible, when, he talks, when, when the Bible talks about those who have eyes but cannot see, it's not talking about the physically blind. It's talking about the spiritually blind. And here Jesus lists off these things that he came to do. He came to give sight to those who are blind. And he said, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I am the answer that you're looking for. So while I can't do everything to help us to see God more clearly, for myself or for you, I can try to point us all to the one who said, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus offers to open our eyes if we're willing to follow him, if we're willing to be serious about that. I believe that he has that power so tonight um, having said that i also want to extend an invitation to anyone who is learning more about god who has studied his word who knows his will for them who wants to be baptized into christ tonight or anyone who wants to come forward for any reason to confess sins or to ask for encouragement um, You have that opportunity tonight, and you have that opportunity any night that we're here. You have the opportunity to be baptized any night of the week, but why put it off? So um, if you can.